How's it going, everybody? This is Chris. Welcome to episode 7 of WebLapsed, a show that uh, I'm trying to get squeezed in here today. Um, I apologize for talking about things that aren't show-related, but today is a very, very busy day here at the Homestead. Uh, it is uh, equal parts real estate and doctor day. Uh, we've got doctor's appointments, vet appointments, uh, we got real estate stuff we're dealing with, so... Uh, yeah, we're gonna do our best to fit this in. I don't even know if this episode's going to be... Aired. If at this point I'm just uh, flying by the seat of my pants, so let's hop into the issue. Uh, we are actually back in Amazing Proper, which is a very, very good thing. This is Amazing Spider-Man Volume Five, Number Seventy Nine, which had a January 2022 cover date and a legacy number of 880. The story is called Beyond Chapter Five, written by Cody Ziegler, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first uh, Ziegler story I've ever read. And um, not to put the cart before the horse, I was uh, I was fairly impressed. I enjoyed this issue quite a bit. Art by Michael Dowling, another uh, new person to me. I don't know that I've ever seen any Dowling art before, but again, very good stuff. Colors, Jesus Abertov. Letters, VCs, Joe Caramagna. The BBs are Thompson, Ziegler, Ahmed, Gleason, and Wells. Edits, Kohik, McGahee, Lowe, Sobolski. Cover price, $4. This one went on sale November the 24th of 2021 and um before we get into the issue here this is uh this is the issue i've talked about a few times i don't know if it was on this show or maybe it was x-lapsed but uh this is the one where i couldn't find the original cover or the real cover and the real cover if you've seen it it's an art adams piece which really really good it's really i mean duh right it's art adams it's great this one has like a Craven the Hunter in the background, Spider-Man swinging toward him. He's just looming over the city. It's it's a beautiful piece, and it really really annoys me that I don't have it. Um, this is the one where uh, DCBS didn't send it to me, so I had to actually hunt it down. And the only version left in any of the stores nearby was uh, the Dan Jurgens variant cover. And like I've said, um, I love Dan Jurgens. Dan Jurgens is one of my favorites. He's you know, one of the guys who informed my entire comic fandom starting in the, you know, early 90s. But uh, I don't need a Dan Jurgens pin-up cover of Amazing Spider-Man. And in fact, I would wager that nobody needs a Dan Jurgens variant cover of Amazing Spider-Man. So uh, let's get the uh, hashtag one book, one cover to, uh, to trend, uh, the, you know, the five people listening to this show. Uh, anyway, let's get into it here. Uh, we start with a single-page spread of ketchup and cred, and since it's been a minute since we've looked at an issue of Amazing Proper, let's get ourselves caught up. Now, Spider-Man, Spider-Ben, fought Morbius and got bit. The Daughters of the Dragon were allowed to look strong by capturing the boring vampire. Then, Ben and his MJ had a night out on the town, during which we saw that they were being watched or hunted by Craven the Hunter. So let's get into it. Our story opens at a bar where some beyond pencil pushers are having, you know, they're out having some drinks, including one fella named Doug. 
and they all get relatively plastered and call it a night. As Doug's walking home, he starts singing a hiccupy version of the Doobie Brothers' What a Fool Believes, which is a song I never mind seeing referenced. And they even included the Back in the Long Ago line, which, if you've listened to any of my shows here, you'll know that's probably one of my favorites here. I I do mention Back in the Long Ago quite a bit. Anyway, he's walking, he's singing, it's raining, and he sees something in the sky that really, really freaks him out. What did he see? Well, we don't know. We'll find out maybe next issue. I don't know, maybe we won't. From here, our scene shifts to beyond, where Spider-Ben is getting electronically deloused or something. Uh, They're calling it a firmware update, but it's not like they're just hooking an Ethernet cable into his ass. It's literally like he's being bathed in electricity. Now, the Beyond guys claim that this is a vital update in light of the recent vampire bite. Which, if you've been listening, you might recall that was something I already assumed that the suit would be equipped with. You know, when we had that cliffhanger about the Morbius biting Spider-Ben, I guessed that it was going to pay off with the boring vampire getting a massive dose of Beyond brand feedback. Which... Jed McKay would probably have called, like, fangs out, wangs out, or something equally unfunny. Anyway, Ben argues with Marcus Pompilier for a bit here about who has more skin in the game with this whole Beyond game, uh, as they're both claiming that they're all in, but seem to refuse that the other feels anywhere near the same way. Now, Ben reminds everyone here that he's also something of a genius, and he probably could have figured out an easier way to accomplish this whatever-it-is firmware update that they're trying to do to his suit, You may ask yourself, why didn't he just do that? Well, who knows. From here, Ben and Marcus continue their verbal slap fight until the former takes to slinging through the skies in order to clear his head. His first, and only, stop is Peter Parker's hospital room. He turns his suit to uh, do-not-disturb mode in order to not spill any unnecessary beans before hopping into the window. He's met by Mary Jane, who looks like she's almost completely lost the will to fight. Um, She tells him that she could use the company and also... She could also use a break, so he's cool to stick around. MJ heads off to the vending machines, leaving Ben alone to chat with his comatose clone source. Ben speaks of his current crisis and how it's uh, somehow taken a turn toward the existential. Now, he has stopped worrying about the question of who Spider-Man is, and he's now more preoccupied with the concept of what Spider-Man is. Unfortunately, this... uh pretty thought-provoking monologue doesn't get the opportunity to go that much deeper, because Ben's interrupted by a news report coming over Peter's TV. Armed robbery, yada yada yada, so he's got a split. And so, after saying goodbye to MJ, he does just that. Now, he pretends he's at the hospital to fulfill Peter Parker's make-a-wish, which, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's common knowledge that Peter and Spider-Man have, at the very least, met on a couple of occasions. Anyway, Ben pops his suit off a Do Not Disturb, and unsurprisingly, he's immediately bombarded with some sass from Marcus. Evidently, this uh, send-to-voicemail feature isn't something that Beyond ever put into the suit, so I guess that pays off the fact that Ben is a genius who can change his suit settings. So, from here, we get our big action scene of the issue. Uh, Spider-Ben spends four pages, including a fairly spectacular two-page splash, uh, stopping an armored car from hitting a kid. It's really some classic Spidey stuff here. It's, it's nice to see. Now, immediately after this, he gets yet another call from Marcus. He speaks of a Beyond executive named Andrew who pinged security about someone breaking into his penthouse. Now, Spider-Ben initially you know, shrugs this off because Spider-Man is all about helping the little people on the ground, not billionaire board members. Because remember, folks, unless you're signing Disney-branded checks, if you happen to be a billionaire, you deserve to die. And also remember that classism is a one-way street. 
Anyway, Marcus uh, thankfully reminds Ben that even though Andrew happens to be, you know, a heartless, worthless, wealthy person, that doesn't mean that there aren't little people on the ground who care about him. And so, Spidey swings off, giving an ETA of four minutes. Once inside Andrew's lavish penthouse, Ben hears Andrew calling for him. Only when he reaches his body, it's pretty clear that it wasn't actually Andrew begging for help. Because, you see, Andrew is dead. Well, he's rich and he doesn't work for Disney, so I guess punishment fits the crime. Anyway, once Ben realizes that this is a trap, well, it's too late. There's a tremendous explosion. Once the dust settles, he and we can finally see that this was all an elaborate ruse set up by, well, the dude on the cover, Craven the Hunter. Craven tells Ben that uh, he learned the call of, I guess, Andrew the Billionaire <laughs> in order to lure Spider-Man. Then they spend three or so pages doing their dance. Now, Ben realizes that he needs to put a little bit of space between them, so he throws himself out the penthouse window. Unfortunately, once outside, our hero is pelted with dozens of darts. And it turns out, these darts are, uh, well, they're medicated. And so Spidey starts tripping. Craven refers to Ben's current state of addled mind as the Great Awakening, and it looks as though our hero is seeing the hunter as a crazy angelic being. And that is where we leave it. Next time out, I'm guessing we're going to see a lot of uh, Spidey tripping here. Uh, just uh, looking at the cover here, it looks pretty wild. So I'm looking forward to that. I think that could be a very fun bit of business. Um, unfortunately, uh, as much as I enjoyed this issue, and I very much did, we don't have a whole heck of a lot to talk about just yet. Um, I feel like, and I mean, this is not a slight on the issue because this was a very good issue. The concepts and notions that were brought up here really didn't get a whole lot of opportunity to breathe, right? Uh, we saw that Ben was talking about this current pseudo-existential crisis he has about what Spider-Man is rather than who, which is a really, really cool question and definitely fitting of a, a question that Ben should ask given his current circumstances here. He, we talk about how he's trying to earn the role of Spider-Man, right? While he's, also, while he's trying to earn it, he's also been thrust into it. You know, um, he was given an offer he can't refuse by Beyond. And now he's kind of doing it without a net. You know, Peter's not there. Miles isn't ready. And, you know, in, in uh, Ben's own words uh, last episode. So he really is the last best Spider-Man right now. So he's thinking, and, and I'm, I might be projecting and I might be reading a little bit too much or too little into it. But um, his question of what Spider-Man is, you know, when I see that... I mean, we can think about that in a lot of different ways, right? Uh, what is any hero? You know, um, we've we've read stories that kind of take themselves a little too seriously. And, you know, the there's that constant um, kind of back and forth in the Batman books where it's like, what is Batman? What is, is he a hero or is he the reason why the bad guys are there? You know, what came first? What makes what? I don't think that's what we're exploring here in Spider-Man with uh, with Ben. I don't think he's worrying about, like, if it weren't for me, would there be bad guys? Because that's not even really brought up here. The way I look at this, um, we can look at Spider-Man as a hero, right? Spider-Man is a hero. Uh, we can, you know, assuage all the hero or menace stuff here. This is just strictly us as the readers, us as the fans, us as the observers. What do we think when we see Spider-Man? We, we obviously see a hero. Now, he's a hero... When he's Peter Parker, I think that's what Ben is getting at here. Ben doesn't just want to be Spider-Man. He wants to be the Peter Parker hero version of Spider-Man. Whereas now, he is Spider-Man, technically. But what is Spider-Man? 
Is Spider-Man a hero or is Spider-Man a like a corporate tool? Is he a weapon? Is he someone who has kind of lost touch with what the original mission statement of a Spider-Man is? I don't know if I'm making any sense here, but... Um, and, and, I mean, we only got, like, the one line before the news interrupted him, so I don't know if I'm, again, reading too much into it. Maybe I'm just uh, fanficking. I don't know. But I see this current, you know, quasi-existential crisis as something that I'd love to see revisited. And hopefully, when, uh, you know, hopefully as we get through this Craven story, we'll get more opportunities to see Ben kind of struggle with this. Because it is a very valid question, and um, I think it's going to be one of those linchpin questions of the Beyond Era, where we're going to... I, I don't want to use the word deconstruct, because I feel like that's one of those words in comics fandom that gets used a little too much, but um, I guess for lack of a better term, maybe we're going to be deconstructing what it means to be Spider-Man. And I mean, Ben even has his own thoughts on what Spider-Man is here with his sort of petulant billionaires, and again, I, I might have went a little too far in this one, but it's, you know, not caring about a billionaire being in danger. Um, I can kind of get that. You know, that is kind of Spider-Man's thing. He is the street-level hero. And of course, you know, if there's a billionaire who needs help, there are any number of uh, superheroes out there in the Marvel Universe who might be better equipped to help that person, but um, I don't think the scene juxtaposition between him questioning what Spider-Man is and then immediately being told that he has to help a billionaire, I don't think that was on accident. I might be wrong, but I don't think that was on accident here. I think that was one one thing informing the other here. He has this question, and then we see that question kind of thrusted into the foreground here and, and something that Ben actually had to deal with right away. So... Like I said, I really enjoyed this issue. It raised a bunch of really, really interesting questions that I'm certainly looking forward to seeing play out. A great first outing for Ziggler, who I'm pretty sure I've never read anything from before. So, really good outing, a great chapter to Beyond, and I tell you, I'm happy to be back in, like, amazing proper here. (laughs) Not the B.E.Y.'s and not the Death of Doctor Strange. Not that those were awful issues or anything, but I feel like we're definitely more focused and on target in the main proper book. So I think that's all I have to say about this issue. Um, And again, I apologize about the brevity of this episode. It's just a, it's a busy, busy day. And you might ask, hey, Chris, if you're so busy, why are you doing a show today? And uh, the answer would be that I am, uh, I have the sickness, you know, I have to, (laughs) I have to put out something every single day. Anyway, let's start taking this one home. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on, uh, on this series, on this take. On the show, on anything, I would love to hear your thoughts. I encourage you to write in or call in. You can find me several different ways. I'm on Twitter at Ace Comics. I'm on Instagram at 90sXmen. You can send an old-fashioned email to weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com, or you can call into the newfangled hotline at 623-396-JERK. For blog posts and show notes, you can head to chrisisoninfiniteearths.com. You can join us on Facebook. Our little group is 90sXmen. For the complete audio archives, you can head over to chrisandreggie.podbean.com or search for, you know, any of the shows on any sort of a search engine. You'll probably find us. And finally, there is the Patreon, patreon.com slash xlapsed, where you'll get some behind-the-scenes stuff, some exclusive content, and a great group of folks to chat with. Anyway, I think that's going to do it for me. I would love to thank you all so much for spending a little bit of your day with me today. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya.